Mutual presents The Mysterious Traveler. This is The Mysterious Traveler, inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and uh, chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves, and be comfortable. If you can... What is our story tonight? Why, tonight we're going to see what happens when an honest man yields to temptation and descends into the murky depths of murder and despair. It's the story I call... Dark, Dark Destiny. In the office of Dr. William Norris, Joseph Harrison, a man in his 30s, is waiting anxiously as in the next room Dr. Norris is finishing his examination of pretty young Mary Harrison. It isn't anything serious, is it, Dr. Norris? Please tell me it isn't. I'm afraid it's too soon to say, Mrs. Harrison. Until the X-ray plates are developed, I can't say yes or no. And now uh, your husband is waiting outside and he's probably beginning to worry, yes, so... Yes, uh... of course, Doctor. Poor Joe, he does worry about me. Well, here's your wife, Mr. Harrison. You must have thought I'd kidnapped her. No, but I was getting a little worried, Doctor. I hope you didn't find anything very wrong. Well, I took a complete x-ray series. I won't be able to tell much until they're developed. I'd like Mrs. Harrison to come back the day after tomorrow, if she can. Of course, Doctor. Any time in the day that's convenient to you will be quite all right. And meanwhile, I'll write out a prescription your husband can have filled. Now, will you step in a minute, Mr. Harrison? Sure thing. I'll be with you in a minute, Mary. All right, Doctor. Won't you sit down, Mr. Harrison? All right. What is it, Doctor? Bad news? I'm afraid so. Does that mean Mary's going to die? No, Mr. Harrison. Not that serious. But within a few months, she will be confined to her bed. I'm afraid she faces a life of invalidism. Oh, no. No, it can't be. I'm sorry, Mr. Harrison. Doctor, there must be something you can do for her. Well... Well, I don't want to raise your hopes, but... Yeah? There's one doctor in this country who, through a very remarkable type of operation, has been able to help people like your wife. Why didn't you say so? Let's get him. Well, I must warn you, Mr. Harrison, this operation doesn't always meet with success. In many cases, the patient shows no improvement at all. After all, it's still in the experimental state. Look, if there's one chance in a hundred, I want Mary to have that chance. Now, please get this doctor to operate on my wife. All right, I'll try it. But his services are in great demand. And uh, well, his average fee for an operation is about $1,500. $1,500? Of course, if you can't afford that, he might consider the circumstances. No, I can afford it. I can afford anything that Mary needs. Very well, then I'll get in touch with him at yeah, once. sure. You make the arrangements right away. I'll get hold of the money. I'll have it by tomorrow, sure. me off of my coat, will you? Oh, sure, sure. How are you feeling? Oh, my backache is much better since I took the medicine Dr. Norris gave me. I'm sure I'm going to be all right, Joe. Of course you are. 
He's one of the best doctors in the city. He'll have you well in no time. Did he tell you anything more, Joe? No, uh, not a thing. Except that the treatment may take a little time. That's all. A little time? Yeah. Oh, dear, I hope it won't be too expensive. Your business has fallen off and we've used up our savings Now, don't you worry about the money. Don't you worry about anything. All right, darling. I won't. But aren't you going to take your coat off? Uh, No, I... I, I, uh... Gotta get that prescription the doctor gave me filled. Now, you just take it easy till I get back. I might stop in at the shop, too. There's something, uh... Something I have to tend to. Denver's, I'm Joe Harrison. Oh, yes, Mr. Harrison. Please sit down. Thank you. Uh, I see that you want to borrow $1,500 from us. That's right. I've got to have it right away. Hmm. Unfortunately, the uh, security you wish to offer your home is... What's uh, wrong with it? It's a swell little house in a good section. It's all in good repair. Houses are worth money these days. Quite true. But you already have a first and second mortgage on it, and I, uh... Well, prices are falling, so I'm afraid we can't make any further loans on it. I've got to have the money. I've just got to... I'm sorry to hear that, because there's nothing we can do to help you. Then forget about the loan. I'll sell the house. Plenty of people want houses. That's true, too. But uh, I don't think you can possibly clear much over the mortgages on a sale. A few hundred dollars, perhaps. You see, uh, those mortgages were issued when prices were at their peak. And now, uh, well, things have changed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I see they have. You say you're not employed, Mr. Harrison. No, I own a shop. You see, I'm a locksmith. Hmm. That means you're never certain of your income. Now, if you had a job, a regular income that could be depended upon... What are you getting at? You mean you're not going to let me have the money? I'm afraid I can't, Mr. Harrison. But your ads say that you lend up to $2,000 on a personal note. I only want $1,500. Look, you've got to let me have it. I certainly wish I could, but under the circumstances, I... I'm sorry. Very sorry. But there's nothing I can do. I'm afraid the collateral you suggest isn't satisfactory, Mr. Harrison. We'd lend you the money if we could, but we just can't. Sorry. But I've just got to have it. I've got to. Sorry. Do you hear me? I've got to have it. Sorry. 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 Joe, you're not eating. And you're so quiet. Is anything wrong? What? Oh. No, no, of course not. You're worrying about me, aren't you? No, Mary, of course not. I, I, uh... I was just thinking about some changes at the shop. Darling, you don't have to lie to me. I know you're worrying. But I'm going to get better. Really, I am. I promise you. Sure you are. Sure. Dr. Norris said so. You're going to be well in no time. Well, I have to go out now. I have an appointment with Horace Latimer. You remember I told you about him? We grew up together. I may be pretty late, so don't wait up for me. J. 
Joe had no appointment with Horace Latimer. But he went to see Horace anyway, for they had been boyhood friends until their paths had separated. Horace had grown rich, and Joe hoped desperately that Horace would lend him the money he had been trying to raise all day. A sum that would mean nothing at all to Horace. Fifteen hundred dollars, that's... Uh... Rather a lot of money, Joe. I know it is, Horace, but it's for Mary. It's for an operation. I've got to have it. Mm, I see. Well, now, why don't you try the bank? You have a house. Uh, I have tried the bank. And a half a dozen loan companies, they all turned me down. They said my security wasn't good enough. Oh, I see. Well, that's too bad. But you know, I don't quite understand why you came to me, Joe. Because we're friends, that's why. Because when we were boys, we agreed that each of us would always lend the other a helping hand if we could. Boys don't understand business very well, I'm afraid, Joe. Oh, I guess not. They don't understand business. They just understand friendship. You know, if I had the money, I'd lend it to you if you needed it. I don't doubt that at all, Joe. And you can bet I'd lend it to you if I had it. But that's the trouble. I haven't any ready cash. The income tax, you know, and, well, a couple of shaky investments that I'm... Trying to bolster up. All right, all right, Horace. Never mind explaining. I get the idea. You're not going to lend me any money. Now, really, Joe, I would if I could, but I can't. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll save your sorrow for somebody who wants it. I don't need your money, you hear? I'll get it someplace else. I'll get it someplace. Somehow. After he had slammed out of Horace Latimer's expensive home, Joe stood for a moment on the dark street corner... Staring back with bitterness in his face. Yeah, you're sorry. I'll bet you are. <laughs> what a sap I was to think you were a pal of mine. I should have known better. I should have known... Huh? You speaking to me? Oh, no. Uh, sorry, I guess I was just thinking out loud. That's okay. Hey, uh, got a match? Match? Sure, yeah. Here you are. Thanks. Okay, hold it just like that. Make a move what? and I'll plug you. Gun? Wait. Well, you're... Yeah, this is a stick-up. Hand over your dough and make it fast, see? My dough? <laughs> That's a hot one. I'm out trying to raise money and so are you. Well, I only got a dollar on me. Take that if you want it. Anyhow, it's more than I could raise. Don't try to kid me. Stand still while I see what you got in your pockets. Go ahead. Yeah, wallet... In a leather case of some kind. You'll find exactly one buck in that wallet. You made a mistake, I tell you. I don't live in this ritzy neighborhood. I just came here to try to borrow a little money. One measly buck. But I'll bet you got a roll hidden in this leather case. It's heavy enough. There's nothing in there but my emergency kit. Yeah, well, I'll see for myself. All right. This kid is full of skeleton keys and pick locks and stuff. What are you, anyway, a second-story worker? I'm a locksmith and a safe repairman, if it's anything to you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now, how about taking that dollar and letting me go on my way? I'm in a hurry. Not so fast, pal. Were you leveling just now when you said you were trying to raise dough? Sure I was. I got to have $1,500 by tomorrow. And what's it to you? You'd be surprised, pal. Okay, I'm putting the gun away, but you ain't leaving yet. Why not? Because me and you are going to talk business. I got a plan that'll get us both all the dough we need.
Two more beers, waiter. Well, Joe, is it a deal on my proposition? I... No, Mike. Sure you do. There's nothing to it. You can open locks and safes. Yeah. I know a house where there's a safe with plenty of dough in it. You and me together, we'll go get it. We'll make a team. But burglary. I've never stolen anything in my life. Listen, you need dough bad, don't you? So do I. Plenty bad. Yeah, but I... You said you'd do anything to get it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Then what are you hanging back for? All you gotta do is get the back door open and the safe. You can do that, can't you? Yeah, I suppose so. But then forget the butts. In a half an hour, you'll have your fifteen hundred and more. How else are you ever gonna get it? Answer me that. I don't know. Hey, look. You saw all those big houses lived in by guys with dough. How'd they get it? They took it from somebody else. Every one of them. Yeah, I suppose so. You sure the money's there? I'm positive. Look, I was casing that joint, and I looked in a window just in time to see the old geezer put a roll of bills in a safe you can open with your teeth. All right, I'll do it. I gotta have that money. And so, half an hour later, Joe and his newfound acquaintance stood in the shadows of the rear entrance of an imposing brick house, listening intently. Not a sound any place. Good thing there's no dogs around. One o'clock. Everybody's hit the hay long ago. This will be a cinch. That lock looks easy enough. I shouldn't be doing this. Must be some other way to get the money. Don't be a sucker all your life. You gotta take what you want in this world. Go on, get the door open. Gotta get inside before we're spotted. Well, all right. It'll only take a second, I think. Spiders. The safe's in the library this way. Don't make any noise. You sure there's only the two of them in the house? Yeah. The old guy and its butler. Probably both deaf as posts. Here we are. Here's the library door. Come on in. The safe's behind a picture on this wall. A picture there? Yeah, that's the one. I was picked out. There you are. There's the safe. It's a kid's toy. Kids growing up in that baby's tough. Well, you can open it, can't you? Yeah, but it'll take at least a half an hour to get going. We can't stay here all night. Hurry it up. You've been 40 minutes on that thing. I told you it was tough. Coming now. There. There you go. About time, too. Now, let's see what's in it. Here's the cash box. We'll lay open it, and we'll know what we got. There, look. Dough, cash, Mazuma. What did I tell you? There must be thousands there. Easy, come on. Let's count it and divvy it up. Uh, no, no. Never mind. Just give me the 1500 That's all I want. You can keep the rest. You kidding? No, that's all I want. Just the 1500 that I need. Okay, if that's the way you want it. Here you are. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, $1,500. $1,500. Bill. 
<laughs> Just for an hour's work. Easy money, huh? Hey, look. What do you say we crack a couple of more cribs tonight? No, no, no. I just want to get out of here now. That's... Someone's coming. Someone's coming? Yeah. Here, get behind this door. I'll take care of this. What are you going to do? Never mind. Now shut up. Who? Who's there? Jenkins? Jenkins, is that you? Ah. The safe's open. The burglars. The Jenkins! Jenkins, call the police! Quick! Nobody's calling any cops tonight, mister. What? You. You're a thief. Jenkins! Jenkins! Maybe that'll convince you. Why did you hit him? What'd you expect me to do? Hold his hand? Wait a minute. He looks like he's dead. I wouldn't be surprised. He don't seem to be breathing any to speak of. That's murder. So it's murder. You're in it just as much as me. Don't forget that. Yeah. I'm an accessory to murder. Cut the guff and let's get out of here. Or do you want to get caught? No, no, of course not. Then come on, let's get going. Okay, here we are. Come on in. Why did you make me come here? Why can't I go home? You heard me. Come on in. It's better. Ah, take off your hat and stay a while. Well, I can't stay, Mike. My wife shall be worrying. I got to go home to her. You've got worse things than your wife to worry about, pal. What do you mean? I mean the cops. Or have you forgotten you're wanted for murder? No, I haven't forgotten. I'll never be able to forget. Why did you kill him? Why? So we wouldn't have to go to jail. Would you rather have gone to jail, Joe? No, of course not. Yes, I would. I, I would. I'm all mixed up. How did I get into this anyway? You needed dough. That's how you got into this. And you got it. So cut out the sob stuff. We're in the clear. Nobody got a peep at it. Why won't you let me go home? Why do you make me come to your room here? Uh, two reasons. The first is I, uh, I want to make sure you know what it'll mean if you let anything slip. I know. You don't have to tell me. I won't let anything slip. If I thought you might, I'd slit your throat right now. I won't, I tell you. I... I have to live. My wife's sake. Okay. And the second reason you're here is so you and me can have a little talk. Talk? What kind of a talk? Joe, I, uh, I like the way you got that door and that safe open tonight. You and me got a future together. I don't know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. As soon as the heat's off, we're going to do another little job together. Oh, no. No, I won't. I won't. Yes, you will. I tell you, I won't. You can't make me. Oh, yes, I can. Because if you don't, I can always send a little note to the cops telling them it's you they want for that killing tonight. You wouldn't do that. That gets you, too. <laughs> I'd be a long ways away by then. But you can't get away. you got a business here and a sick wife. You couldn't leave them. Well... Now you see why you're going to do what I say? You dirty... You... No, 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 don't say it. You don't think you can pull a job and then go on as if nothing had happened to you. You're mixed up in murder. And somebody's always got to pay for murder. One way or another. Well, he did it for Mary's sake. Don't matter why you did it, you're in it now and you can't get out. Not without paying in some I... way. I got a good mind to go to the police to confess. 
Get this off my chest. Oh, no, you don't. You see this gun? I'd plug you in a second if I... Hey, hey, get away. Let go of my hand. Let go. You've got me into this. You're not going to make me go any further into it. Get away from you. Mike. Mike. He's dead. He's dead. He tried to shoot me and shot himself. I gotta get away from here. I gotta get back to Mary. In a daze of horror, Joe Harrison found his hat and made his way to the street. His mind was a dizzy whirl of thoughts which he could not control. They went around and around in his head. I'm a murderer. Oh, catch me, Della. Hang me. I didn't mean to do it. I just wanted the money. The money was all I wanted. The money to make Mary well, that's all. Oh, no, catch me. Hang me. I must... I gotta escape. I got to. Mike said the murder has to be paid for somehow. That isn't true. Sometimes you can escape if you're lucky. I just gotta be lucky. I need a drink. Gotta have a drink before I go crazy. So Joe Harrison stumbled into a tiny bar on a dark street, struggling to control his shaking hands and to keep his voice normal. He ordered a double rye and gulped it down. Then, as his senses cleared a little, he heard the radio at the end of the bar broadcasting a warning to the city. The police department is asking you to be on the lookout for the following man. Wanted for the brutal murder committed in Gramercy Park section two hours ago. Please make a note of the following description given by the victim before he died. The description follows. Hey, look, buddy, what's the idea? What'd you shut the radio off for? Answer me, what'd you do it for? Because. Because I was sick of listening to it, that's why. Oh, is that so? Well, I'm not, see? And I got an idea maybe there was some other reason you didn't want to hear it. So I'm going to turn it on again. Oh, no, 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 you mustn't. Well, I'm going to. And if you want to make a try for a break, I got a gun right here under the bar, you see? Now let's hear what the killer looked like. I repeat, be on the lookout for a man of medium height, lean and wiry, with reddish-brown hair. If you see such a man, report at once to headquarters. We now turn you back to our regular night program of popular dance tunes. Lean and wiry with reddish-brown hair, huh? Well, that ain't you. You're kind of heavy-set and blackhead. For a minute there, you had me going. I was positive you were the killer, the way you didn't want me to hear the description. Just jumpy, huh? <laughs> well, here, have another drink on the house, huh? Oh, thanks. I gotta go home. I need some sleep. Yeah, that's what I need. Some sleep. Aghast at how close he had come to giving himself away, Joe Harrison hurried home. It was Mike the police were looking for, not Joe Harrison. It was Mike whose description they had. Joe Harrison was safe. Safe. Hardly able to believe in his own good luck, Joe reached his home and let himself in. Mary was already asleep. Quietly, he got into bed and at last fell asleep himself. Asleep troubled by nightmares that gave him no peace. When he woke, it was morning and Mary was preparing breakfast. Good morning, darling. 
What time did you get home anyway? I waited up for you almost till two. I, uh, I was pretty late. I stopped at the shop and did a little work. Forgot to watch the time. <laughs> and this morning you looked terrible. I know. You're worrying about me. But you mustn't, darling. I'm going to be all right. Really, I am. Of course you are. I'm going to see to that. What do you think? Dr. Norris called up last night. Wanted to talk to you. He said he had good news for you. Good news? Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't tell me what it was. I don't know why. He asked for you to stop in at his office this morning. Yeah, I think I know what it is. Yeah, sure. I'll go right over and see him. Oh, but, darling, you're going to eat breakfast first, aren't no, you? No, I'll eat when I get back. I, uh, I want to see the doctor first. Anyway, I'm not very hungry. All right, Joe. But please hurry back. I want to know what the doctor says. Yeah, sure, Mary. I'll be right back. But everything's okay now. Everything's okay. After he left the house, Joe bought a morning paper. Big headlines told of the murder the night before, but he scarcely saw them. His eyes hurried through the story until he found what he was looking for. The news that Mike's body had been found. The man Mike had struck had given his butler Mike's description before he died. But he hadn't seen Joe at all. So the police had listed Mike's death as a suicide or an accident and closed the case. Joe Harrison was safe. Perfectly safe. Safe. I'm safe. Sometimes you can't get away with murder. Not have to pay anything. If you're lucky. And I've been lucky. When he entered the doctor's office, Joe's expression was that of a man who had just faced disaster and been rescued at the last moment. He seated himself and tossed the folded newspaper into the wastebasket. Good morning, doctor. Mary said you phoned that you had good news. Oh, yes, Mr. Harrison. Yes, I called you last night after I got in touch with the surgeon I spoke of yesterday, Dr. Nelson Richards. I wanted to tell you that he had agreed to operate on your wife. That's swell, Doctor. That's swell. I got the money right here in my pocket. The money, yes. Yes, I was going to tell you that Dr. Richards had said not to worry about that. You could take as long as you wanted to pay it. As long as I wanted. Then it wasn't necessary. I didn't have to do it. I... I didn't have to do it. I'm, I'm afraid I don't I... understand, Mr. Harrison. Oh, never mind, Doctor. I mean, here's the money. I got it. I got it right here. I, I want to pay for it. He's got to take it right away. What's the matter? Why are you looking at me like that poor? The operation is going to cure Mary, isn't it? You said it would. You can't go back on your word now. You can't, do you hear? It's not that, Mr. Harrison. Yes, the chances are the operation would have cured your wife. But, well, unfortunately, Dr. Richards was the only man in this country able to perform it. Well... So what? He said he'd do it, didn't he? So what's the hitch? Mr. Harrison, Dr. Richards won't perform the operation now. Why not? Dr. Richards was tragically killed last night by a burglar who broke into his home on Gramercy Park. This is a mysterious traveler again. Fate plays strange jokes sometimes, doesn't she? Poor Joe Harrison. He forgot that good can never come out of evil and that crime must always be paid for by someone. 
If only he hadn't let himself be tempted. But he did. Now, what became of him? Why, he devoted himself to taking care of his invalid wife, Mary. But his deeds continued to weigh on his mind. And when she died several years later, he confessed everything to the police. I do hope his experience is proof that crime really doesn't pay. I always say... Oh, you have to get off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. I take this same train every week at this time. You've just heard The Mysterious Traveler, a series of dramas of the strange and terrifying. In tonight's cast were Maurice Toplin, Joseph Julian, Elaine Kent, Palmer Ward, Kenny Lynch, and Bill Smith. Original music was played by Charles Paul. The Mysterious Traveler is written, produced, and directed by Rob Arthur and David Cogan. Listen next week to a tale titled... Flight from Fear. Another strange and shivery tale of The Mysterious Traveler. The Mysterious Traveler has come to you from our New York studios. Carl Caruso speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.